Today, I'm sitting down with my favorite romance writing duo, Christina Lauren, to chat about their new book, The True Love Experiment. If you know me, you know that I am the biggest Christina Lauren fan. They are my favorite romance writers right now. I've read almost all of their books and obsessed over every single one of them. I was thrilled to learn that they had a book about Fizzy Story, which is kind of like a sequel to their other book, The The Soulmate Equation, coming out soon when I last interviewed them. So this has been a long time coming. I absolutely loved having the chance to chat with them about what they're working on now, including their first ever audiobook original, The Honeymoon Crashers, a sequel to their book, The Unhoneymooners. I had the most amazing time. I really enjoyed speaking with both Christina and Lauren about this book in part. I really enjoyed speaking with Christina and Lauren about the true love experiment and what their writing process has been like in the last year. We got to chatting about some of my favorite moments from this book in particular, how they wrote such an amazing hero in their main character, Connor, what it's like to write banter, the use of tropes in this book, and of course, And of course, what it feels like to just be going back to the classic CeeLo romance writing vibes. And they kind of maybe sort of hinted as to what's coming next. I'll I'll leave that up to you to decide. I'll leave that for you to decide. So without further ado, my conversation with the... So without further ado, my conversation with the incredible writing duo, Christina Lauren, starts right now. Okay. Amazing. So I'm ready to start whenever you both are. I'm ready. Welcome, Christina and Lauren, to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you both back. I've recently started having repeat guests, and I'm being very finicky with who I want to have come back on because I feel like if I'm doing them again, it needs to have like a new conversation. There needs to be something more to talk about. And I feel like with both of you, there's just like endless things we can talk about. So I'm so (laughs) excited to have you both here because again, you're both doing the most, and there's always so much to talk about. So welcome. How are we all doing now? We're like a few weeks away, I guess, from the launch of True Love Experiment, but by the time this is live, the book will be out, which is very Yay! Oh my God, I'm so excited. So this is Lauren's voice, and it's so nice to be back. It's so nice to see your face, even though we will not be sharing video, because I told Leanna (laughs) that I'm like so scrubby today. Um, (laughs) But yeah, like things are going really well, and we're super excited for Fizzy to be coming out soon. I can't believe it's like less than two weeks. That's insane. I'm so excited. So, so much has happened in the last like year. It's literally been a year since we did like this three-way video chat. I know, Lo, you and I talked because um, you had a big year with your self-published book, your Ivy Owens book, which mm-hmm. is really exciting. But besides Scandalized, what else have you guys been doing in this last year? Like, catch me up. Um. Well, we... we wrote something that we can't talk about yeah. yet. And then we wrote something else that we can talk about. <laughs> we, uh, we did an audio original that's coming out August 1st. It's a follow-up to the Unhoneymooners. Um, I just imagine Lo's face when I say that because we were just at a polycon. Like, yeah. We traveled a lot this year, like a lot. And we were at a polycon and um, we had these like little Unhoneymoon or Honeymoon Crashers postcards. And every single person that came up, I would be like, and have you read the end, Honeymooners? Um, this is our full cast recording, audio original of Honeymoon Crashers. And, and at some point, Lo was just like, I'll do it, I'll do it. 
<laughs> it was just like the repetition of it. And like, it wasn't her. It was just like hearing the same thing, like every like 30 seconds. Yeah. I finally was like, let me, give me a chance. Because give your voice a It's break. like a lot of words. And so I had to say them like in a particular order to get yes. it all out. And I'm sure after a while, she was just like, I'm yeah. ready to strangle everyone. But other than that, like lots of travel, lots of concerts, lots of love. fun stuff. Ugh, I yeah. love that. Okay, before we go any further, I need to know what both of you are watching because last time we spoke, Lo, you told me to watch Crash Landing on You, which um, I watched the first six episodes and then I had a really weird reaction to my COVID booster. And you know when you just associate like yeah. bad things to bad. So I have to get back into it because I was really loving it, but I need like other recommendations of other stuff and I love both of your tastes. So like, are we watching anything good that I need to be aware of? Well, so um, my husband and I usually watch like one or two episodes of the show together at night. And so right now we're on the fourth season of Succession, which took me a little while to get into because I always say like power porn is not my genre. I don't relate to it. I don't love watching billionaires be messy, but there's something about this cast. They are just amazing. And the, the acting is just top tier. So I got really into it. Um, what did we recently finished? You know, one thing that I, I realized I love that I hadn't really talked about much is mayor of East town. Yes. And it's oh, a, yeah. Yeah. That one was super good. And I feel like it came and went like people were obsessed with it and then they stopped talking about it. So anyone out there who hasn't watched that yet, I believe it's on HBO Yes, and it's spectacular. It's oh Kate God. Winslet and the acting again, is just amazing. Do you guys watch like adaptations when books are made into TV or movie? Like, are you adaptation people or not really? Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. You got to support them, man. You've got I know. to. I, I know. mean, there's some that are really well done. Like um, the Tell the Boys I Love Before, of course, is like so good. the yeah. textbook. And I think like, you know, the adaptation of that, Susan Johnson just did a really amazing um, version of that book. She's just a great director. And yeah, um, yeah we love watching them. I'm obsessed and I just feel like there's so many that are coming out now and like every few weeks it's just like oh now it's like the last thing you told me or oh it's Daisy Jones like there's so many Mm -hmm. I live for them and I'm like oh yeah the last thing he told me was also really fun I loved that book I loved that book and I'm waiting now because there's I think one week left or two weeks left so I I just want to binge it all in one sitting I feel like they're doing a really good job telling the story the way the book did they're doing it a little differently in terms of the flashbacks and stuff but i really love the way the story is unfolding and i think the casting is great and i knew about the casting before i read it because i was pretty late to read it okay and um so you know it's been easy for me to imagine them in my head but yeah 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 so fun okay well sorry back to the unhoneymooners or rather honeymoon crashers when I heard that you guys were doing this, I just like, once again, you constantly are like setting the precedent of like romance books and you're constantly changing the game and like doing something different. And maybe I'm wrong because I'm not so, I'm not like the biggest audiobook fan, but I haven't heard of too many people that have done like audiobook originals, like starting a book on audio and not having it in print. Is that the plan for this book? Will it ever go into print or is it just going to stay audio? Um, well, so this was written to be read by a cast. So there are sections in it that are written like a script and they'll be reading, they're like recording simultaneously. So if it will, if it's ever going to be in print, it will have to be reworked into right. like more of a novel form. So for right now, it's audio only. That's but I mean, I am a huge, huge audiobook person. I listen to more books than I read, you know, with my eyes. Okay. And um, I, I mean, like, you know, Daisy Jones and the Six was so amazing about it. It was like you were listening to like a 
old radio show or a documentary or something. Yeah. So I'm hoping it's going to be like that. I'm really excited. That's so mm-hmm. exciting. So like, what was that like to write? Like, that's obviously not this, using the same like writing muscles. It's very different when you're writing it in like a script form. So how was that right? And especially being a pair, what was that like to write? I mean, it was actually really fun because, you know, a few years ago, we started the process of adapting roomies into a screenplay and we had never done that before. We were, it was option or, um, we started working with Andy Fickman, who's the director of like, she's all, she's the man. And, um, he's just like amazing. He's done a lot of Broadway work and he and his producing partner, Betsy Sillinger really kind of shepherd us, shepherded us through the process of adapting a book to film. And that one is going really well. Like we're casting it right now, which is crazy. I can't wait. I know. Um, but so when we started working on Honeymoon Crashers this last, like late summer, I guess we really had missed writing in that style. I think there's something that's for writers of prose that feels almost like shorthand. If you are just focusing on the dialogue and you get to like really focus on getting the story and the emotions across only in what the characters are saying to each other. So it's like, it's fun, but it's also a really good craft exercise to remind yourself, like, how can I communicate things more clearly in dialogue? Because even as readers of prose, whether it's an audiobook, but specifically if you're picking up a book to read with your eyes, a lot of us tend to jump over big blocks of text anyway to get yeah. to the dialogue. So and true. So I, I think like it's a really good exercise to remember how to do that sort of efficiently and to keep it entertaining. So it was really fun. And there are some prose sections where you're like in Amy's head or Brody's head and you're, and then it'll go back and forth between scripted and non-scripted. But I just, we had the most fun. I think we wrote it really fast and it just came out really easily. So yeah, so like, what's that process like when you come up with this idea? Like, do you have to like repitch it as an audiobook? Like, how does it, like, how does the business side of having something like a project like this take off work? Well, they actually approached us to okay, do cool. Simon and Schuster audio originals approached us and said, like, we would love to do something with you. And initially we had written, we thought we wanted to do Elliot's point of view from love and other words as an audio. Oh my God. So we started writing that and then it was like, so intense that it Mm -hmm. almost was like not fun to read because it's like sort of angsty and like it's so we had all of this stuff that we'd written for Elliot's point of view that we ended up putting in the steamy lit box special edition of love in other words that recently came out and then we kind of had to come up with a new idea and so we thought well what if we give Amy her story and then that's how it happened it's amazing so speaking of giving people their story obviously now with the true love experiment coming out that's like fizzy's chance to have her story and it's so funny because the last time we spoke we were talking about something wilder and you were saying that you were you had just turned in I think is the time that we had chatted you had just turned in fizzy's story and you were talking about how you were so excited to like give her her own chance to like speak and have this story and this adventure and like get her life on the page. What made you decide like, okay, now it's Fizzy's turn. Like, how does that work when you build these story worlds and have all these other characters? Like, how do you decide when it's time to revisit them? Do you ever wish you could sit in on a conversation with some of your favorite authors and listen to them talk about their writing process, their path to publication, and of course, their newest novels? Hi, I'm Marissa Meyer, best-selling author of The Lunar Chronicles, and I would love for you to check out the Happy Writer podcast, where every week I talk with other writers about books, craft, inspiration, and how to bring a little more joy into our lives. 
The Happy Writer is available wherever you get your podcasts or find us on Instagram at Happy Writer Podcast. Um, well, we did not think that we were writing Fizzy's book. We only ever intended for her to be just like the funny side character, you know, which is kind of why we made her a romance novelist because we got to sort of play with it a little bit. Yeah. Um, but at every single tourist stop for Something Wilder, people, uh, like when, when Soulmate came out um, and that was a virtual tour, everybody was like, what about Fizzy? Is Fizzy going to get her own book? Is Fizzy going to get her own book? And um, we just, you know, side characters are not like they rarely are built to sort of like be the star. They sort of like have other purposes and stuff. And so it was sort of like, well, how do we take this character that is just like so fun and kind of beloved and and seems to kind of have it all together? How do we take her and give her her own story and find her vulnerabilities and her layers? And, you know, what do we do? And so we were kind of struggling with an idea. And then it's came to us all at once that Fizzy had lost her joy. And like from her very first opening, Fizzy's voice was there and it was great. The hard part was Connor because once we had Fizzy, how do you write a man that deserves her? And so he really came to us in about like six or seven different versions. (laughs) He just, it was just really hard. It was like, Every version of him became a you little drafts because I feel like yes. he was always himself, but like he came clear in drafts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so he kind of came to us in stages, and then once once we had him, um, it like really started to go. Um, it, it's just we're so excited for this tour. That book was so fun, and like just like we know a book is good when we're doing past pages and we get lost in it and find ourselves reading the story as opposed to like looking for errors. And that's the way it was with Izzy. I've loved every single book you both have published. Like I'm just such a fan and I've been such a fan for so many years. And like, I hope that this doesn't get taken like the wrong way because I've loved what you've written recently. But like, this just felt like such like classic OG CeeLo epic romance vibes. Like I just loved from beginning to end. I was just like so obsessed with the love story in this book and like the characters as individuals. I just, I can't even explain it. Like, it was just like, I had like butterflies in my stomach the entire time reading it. But like, did you feel pressure knowing that like everyone was dying for fizzy story to then be like, okay, fine, we'll go ahead and try to write it. Like, was there any sort of like anxiety when embarking on this project specifically because of all like the hype around it? Yeah. I mean, I think there was pressure for two reasons. One was because of the hype and people loved fizzy and she's a big, big personality. And so keeping that energy when you're writing in her head is hard. And so we were worried that we weren't going to be able to get that right. The other piece that I think felt like pressure is that we, one of the reasons we hadn't planned to write her story is because she's a Chinese American woman. And so we didn't necessarily feel like that was our story to write. We didn't want to write a book about a woman, a Chinese American woman finding herself Um, after she'd lost herself, because there's many ways that story could be told from a sort of cultural identity standpoint. And so we wanted to find a way we could tell her story of finding herself that didn't involve sort of losing that piece of herself that we wouldn't really be able to um, represent and do effectively. Mm -hmm. And so I think once we had the story figured out, then it became making sure we could capture what we saw in our minds on the page and also finding people that could help make sure that 
Fizzy felt authentically Chinese American and do that piece that we would not be able to do um, because we lack that experience. Mm -hmm. But I would say like once we started writing her and like from that first prologue, she was just so clearly there on the page that I think that pressure really dissipated Mm -hmm. and it just became fun. Like sometimes when you're writing, you know, you you're doing it right. You know, you're hitting the right voice and points and all of that. And with fizzy, that was absolutely true. So I think we are pretty confident that readers who came to us for like fluffy, happy, funny, sexy rom-coms, they're going to find that in this book. And, for sure they will. you know, we're like feeding the the readers what they want in this one. You know, there are a yeah. lot of people who came along with us for something wilder, for something different and adventurous and fun and capery. And like a lot of readers really love that one. Yeah. And I feel like we're kind of bringing everybody back home with Fizzy. I just also like loved the this premise in particular. And I love that Fizzy's a romance writer and the use of like the combination of like the reality TV of it all, but also like the science behind like the app. And then also just like the hero archetypes in the reality TV show of like romance books. Like how did you even come up with this premise? And like, what was it like to tie in all those little pieces from all the different types of like worlds, I guess? Um, once we had the idea for the, the like hero archetypes, that was like, oh my God, we had so much fun. It was like, you know, vampire, millionaire. I and cried the, at the, the vampire things- part. I have to say I was <laughs> fucking laughing my ass off. Like it was so well done and so like smart and funny and perfect. So perfect. Well, it's like, you know, um, one problem was we couldn't include them all. You know what I mean? And we like, we just couldn't have them all. And it was a, I think one of the biggest battles in like the show, the struggles was knowing how much of the show to put in because I've read other books that have um, reality TV and I am not a huge watcher of reality TV. And so um, we didn't want the the book to be about the TV show. You know what I mean? And also we had to make these guys nice enough and good enough that they, you know, obviously some of them don't deserve fizzy and aren't going to be fizzy, but there had to be a chance mm-hmm. that, you know, one of them could have been mm-hmm. like, she could have picked one of those guys and probably been, you know, pretty, pretty Sounds happy. Good. Yeah. Um, and even the show went through a couple different things. At one point we were going to have one guy be in there for like bad reasons and stuff, you know, and ended up taking that idea out. Um, it's so funny to be like, we wrote a, you know, a book about a, a romance reality show. I would never have guessed we would do that. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I loved it so much. And like the tropes in this book also are so well done. And I love that you included, again, another single parent. And I love that this time it was a dad. And I just want to talk about Connor as a character for a minute because he's such a sweet hero like he's just so sweet and I know you said it was kind of hard to get him to like to finally get someone that could like match fizzy or be like worthy enough for fizzy and the one thing that I particularly loved about him is how he acknowledges his past and even like all of the wrongs that he has done like he he totally owns up to them why was that an important part of his character that you wanted to make sure you included for him for fizzy I think because it's important to let our characters be flawed and you know also perfect like connor is literally perfect and we kind of leaned in a little bit to like romance 
romance <laughs> stereotypes, yeah. right? He's six five, he's British, he's dimpled. <laughs> he, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so there were some things that we really leaned in, but we also leaned in on things that usually in romance don't fly for readers so well, which is something that happened in his past. And like having him own what he did wrong and like be really open about it and be open that he's been to therapy and he's done like work on himself. And just to be clear with anyone listening who hasn't read it yet, he's not an abusive man. So that's not where I'm going with this at all. Um, But, you know, I think it's really, um, it's really fun to write a hero that has grown up a little bit and sort of letting his past shape who he is instead of being like, I'm not that man anymore. Being like, I have worked hard to not be that man Mm -hmm. anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. And one of the things I love so much about their relationship is you first see them kind of not clicking. And then you see the ways that they are beginning to admire and respect each other and then like each other and then get closer and really need each other's friendship and then falling in love. And it's like, you see all of those things happening. You know, we don't take Mm -hmm. the reader out of the moments where they're, you know, becoming friends and are Mm -hmm. just like surprised. Now they're in love. It's like, I feel like on the page, you watch them fall in love. And um, I just, I love that so much. More than watching them fall in love though, like to your credit, what you just said, like their friendship. And I loved how you really see them like become best friends and really lean on each other and like try to find happy moments together. And I also loved the banter in this book. Like it was done so well. I was laughing out loud at times. I was like swooning. My stomach hurt. Like the banter was so, so good. And even when like they, even when there was like messaging parts, like not a verbal part, like texting parts, like it was just so well executed. Was that fun to write? Was it hard to write? I imagine it came like supernatural just because it read supernatural. Like what was that like? I mean, most of the banter things I think came pretty naturally. Like I, I feel like we would happily just write pages and pages and pages of dialogue of like Jess and Fizzy talking and River walking unexpectedly into rooms <laughs> if we could. <laughs> Um, but, um, the text and stuff, I, I like, I absolutely love. And it's funny because when I think back to like texting and books and stuff, I don't think we had as much in the early days, but like, that is how people talk. Yes. <laughs> that they talk over text, you know? 100%. So I'm, I hope it feels natural because those are usually some of our like most fun, like, especially the just fizzy parts. I think mm-hmm. those are probably the like parts that are the most similar to like Lo and I are conversations with each other. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's some scenes with Connor and Fizzy that I really love the dialogue, like specifically the hotel scene when, you know, they're talking about, you know, he, she, she has a moment where she sees how much he really like sees her and understands her. And he's like, why do you think you're so complicated? You know, like Mm -hmm. you're so simple. And that conversation I love so much because they, their story started when they were both sort of at their lowest point. Like Fizzy was sort of the saddest Fizzy's ever been. And she was empty of her inspiration and really missing her joy. And Connor was given this task of doing something he really didn't want to do. And he was doing it just to stay in San Diego near his daughter. And I think they Mm -hmm. both just felt unsatisfied and unfulfilled. And there's a sort of honesty and vulnerability that comes with that kind of situation so that there's no pretense between them at all. Like 
they met when they were both at their lowest point. They acknowledged they were at their lowest point. There's nowhere Mm -hmm. else to go, but to like, but up. And so I think it gives sort of a, like a clarity and teasing honesty in their interactions that were really fun to write. So looking back at the process as a whole, what was the most like remarkable scene that you guys wrote that you were like, oh, this is, this is it. Like, this is a good one. Like reflecting on the entire experience is there one that really sticks out I mean for me one of the scenes that I love the most is the commencement speech at the beginning and I think the reason I love it so much is number one because it so perfectly captures busy and then just a few pages like really encompasses like what you know every we always like say like everybody should have a glass of water like the character needs they need something even if it's a glass of water and we get so much information just in Fizzy's little speech and how she reacts. And it was amazing because Lo, while we were working on this book, got asked to give the commencement speech at her school, at her university. And I got to go and watch it. Oh my God. And so like, we, you know, she had written this scene in this book and then this thing was happening in real life. And then people in the, like in the um, graduating class, some of them knew her and like had messaged us on Instagram and stuff. And we're like, oh my God, Lauren and Christina, Lauren (laughs) is giving me my speech. You know, how can I possibly ever fail? You know, that kind of thing. That's amazing. And so it was so surreal to watch and get to see her and be sort of like living this little part of the book. Yeah. Oh my God. That First of all, that's amazing. Congratulations. That's like such an honor and really something very cool. It was cool. It was cool. It was actually really funny because I literally got the email inviting me to give commencement and it was for UC Irvine's biological sciences commencement. I got that as I was writing Fizzy's commencement speech. Like it was the wildest. Yeah. That's crazy timing. Um, so yeah, that was fun to write. I think probably a scene that came out and I was just thinking this is it. I mean, there's actually a couple in this book. I think there's a couple of scenes with Jess where I just, I think both Christine and I felt like we were back in our element. Um, and then I think probably the hotel scene, um, one, they're watching the second episode together after Fizzy's brother's wedding. Um, I just like them together. I love it when they're just mm-hmm. together. That's my favorite kind of scene to write too. Like the love interests in a room yes. together, just like falling in love. And there was so much of that in this book, which is why I think everyone's just going to be like ooey gooey mushy for this. Cause it's <laughs> what we like know and love and just mm-hmm. exactly what you said, crave and have such an appetite for. Mm-hmm. So I'm so excited for everyone to finally be able to read it. I know it's like one of the most anticipated books of the year for every romance reader. So I'm so happy that it's like it's finally here. I know know you had said you can't really say too much about what you're working on, but is there any little hint or like maybe like, oh yes, a book is coming in 2024, like anything maybe we could share something on the horizon? (laughs) I will say for sure a book is coming in 2024. And in fact, two books are coming in 2024. Mm. Oh, we'll we'll be well fed. Yeah. We'll be well fed. I'm so excited. Okay. Well, as always, this is the biggest treat. I'm obsessed with you both. I'm your, like your biggest fans ever. And I will read literally like your laundry list. Like I will. <laughs> um, so I'm so excited that we got to do this. And I can't wait for everybody to read this book. I know they're all going to love it. And I'm so excited for like everything coming up. These two new books, the audiobook, like everything. And you may make, you make me, you may make me an audiobook girly. So this, this, this <laughs> I think you'll like this one. I mean, Harry Shum sure Jr. 
and Jessica Marie Garcia are doing the leads and they are freaking amazing. I'm so excited. I can't wait. I can't wait. And like fingers crossed for more movie adaptations and all the good things coming down the pipeline. Very excited. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you both so, so much. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday and we'll speak very soon. Yes. yes. Thanks for having us. Bye. Thank you. Bye.